Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Last Picture Podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Christy. And thanks for tuning in. We're so excited. We have Becca Batista for you. We haven't had a female on the show in a while, and we're so excited that we did and that it was Becca. Becca is a fashion photographer. She also is an editorial portrait photographer, and um, it was really fun to talk to her about how she makes a living and career um, shooting fashion and her approach to that kind of photography, living in San Diego. Yeah, we talked about her evolution from um, photography school to working in in New York and working on campaigns, um, working with models, doing test shoots. She's very helpful and supportive of other photographers interested in doing um, the same kind of photography she does. So she gave a lot of good um, tidbits on like what it really takes to, to make a fashion photo. Yeah. So if you want to see some of our photos of our guests or some of their work, please check us out on Instagram at lastpicturepod. So thank you. Thanks for listening. Here we go, Becca Batista. Hey, it's another day and we're hanging out talking to photographers. It's not so bad. This is The Last Picture, a podcast not just about photography. Because sometimes the coolest part about being a photographer are the stories behind the shot and the adventures that get you there. You don't want to do that again. It's kind of like losing photos. Right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's the worst. Like the worst. Feeling. That is the worst. It's the worst. Gut-wrenching. It's happened. It's happened So I guess we've all experienced it in some way. In some way, yeah. That we probably don't want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Or old negatives. For me, it's old negatives from the past that I, like, can't find. Where I have, like, one print of something. And, you know, you just want... You want those negatives. Totally. If you were were to say it in, like, like Portuguese, Portuguese, it's bachista. Like, with, like, a CH sound, bachista. So that's why I went straight Becca Bachista because Rebecca in Portuguese is Rebecca with an H sound and it's really ugly. <laughs> so it's just, let's so just you, keep it concise. So you weren't Becca until you got married? I've always kind of flipped between. It's really weird. So like my first websites were Rebecca Teal, mm-hmm. my maiden name, which is now a, um, a porn star's website. She's not a porn oh. star, but she's like a pay-per-view there's no going back to Uh Rebecca Teal I think Becca's great it's it works for me I like Becca too yeah visually pleasing yeah your logo just like the B-E-C-C it's just simple yeah yeah keeps me sounding young too yes you are still young by the way you're in the presence of us we're getting up there I'm glad you're getting up I was like yes you're finally getting older (laughs) tell my friends that are younger well welcome we're so stoked to have you because it's been a while since we've had a Female photographer on the yes. as a guest. And At least six months or so. I know it's like few and far between. I mean, it's not few and far between, but it's something to be very male-dominated, right? It totally is. Yeah, it's changing, though. So, I'm actually mentoring two young female photographers right now, too. So it's. I just feel like it's changing. It's great. evolving. Yeah. Oh, you're mentoring. That's cool. Yeah. Like, they're actually assisting you? and. Um, one is assisting me and helping out, but one I'm just kind of meeting with. She's still in high school, so I'm kind of hooking her up. She wants to go more the wedding route. Um, so I'm kind of putting her on that path. That's fun. 
encouraging her man those they're lucky to start young like that determined huh yeah she knows what she wants too which is kind of how you have to be in this industry can you imagine if you're shooting weddings through college and making money that way oh it's perfect i think it's ideal yeah yeah i mean it's ideal it's weekend saturday you know yeah Edit us on, you can on a totally Sunday. get by doing that. And yeah, make, make some so change. And you're done. Money you make college. some change. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't I? Well, I didn't have that opportunity actually. I was shooting was film when I was in college. Yeah, that totally. would have been That's different. Expensive. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it was a different world of wedding photography. It wasn't different. Yeah, the style that it is now. Yeah. Yeah, that would have. Well, sucked. thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. This is definitely a first for me. So. And we're and um. We are excited to explore a different realm that we haven't had a guest that does uh, fashion and portrait editorial photography. Mm-hmm. Is that what you... I would say that's what I do. Yeah, oh, portraiture. We and... kind of have had that too, <laughs> haven't we? You're not a straight up fashion photographer. Who? Well, Lindsay kind of works in that realm, doesn't she? She's editorial, but she's a music rock and roll photographer. Well, she works with musicians, but she does it in like a fashion sense. We're going to cut all this shit out. <laughs> Leave it in. Or not. Luckily, we do... I do edit. I can edit this. So cool. That lets you relax a little bit and say whatever you want. Yeah, fudge up. Yep. As we've apparently shown you right now, <laughs> that you totally do. So you work in the fashion and um, commercial advertising yeah, world. Yeah, I'd, right? I'd say so. And portraiture. Yep, that's kind of the world that I fell into, um, and I've dabbled in other worlds too. But um, that's what I enjoy mo- most. And how many sure. years has it have you been oh, working? Man. Like getting paid, um, <laughs> probably sure. like just post college. So two thousand seven on um, was kind of like when I started taking it serious and actually being um, hired to shoot things. Cool. But previous to that, weren't you living in New York? And working in photography in some realm. So that's when that's the time that I moved out to New York. So um, I straight out of high school, I went into Brooks up in Santa Barbara, um, and from there, I kind of figured that I would, you know, figure out my path. I ended up starting to work for Peggy Sirota, who is a advertising and portrait photographer out of LA. She's like super big deal and was like a huge inspiration to me and seeing what it was that she did. Um, so I worked for her while I was at Brooks and then growing up in San Diego, I knew that I didn't want to go to LA. Um, Mm -hmm. and then being in the fashion, wanting to shoot fashion, it's like you, you in California, it's LA. There's not much in San, there wasn't much in San Francisco at that time. So I figured, well, I'm going to go spread my wings and fly and go to New York. That's awesome. Um, I had a friend who I met while at Brooks who was, um, also a fashion photographer so we decided to move out there together and just try oh, it that's perfect and uh what was that experience like i mean you oh, sh- show up in new york and have all these dreams and yeah that sounds like a dream <laughs> yep definitely a little fish in a big city but i i consider it my graduate school i learned more there than i learned in my three years at brooks for mm-hmm. sure especially about lighting and retouching and being on set just etiquette around clients um, yeah. And just the hustle. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> learn the hustle being in New York because you have to. You have to. That's mm. part of the lifestyle. Okay. Which is part of the reason why I didn't end up staying out there. I kind of, after two years, was like, wow, I'm rapidly aging. I'm too young to be aging this fast because it's like, go, go, oh. go. You don't slow down. Okay. Um, so I came back from that break from New York and traveled to Brazil with a girlfriend of mine and then met my now husband. So that was a good trip. <laughs> I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm staying in San Diego because there's no moving the Brazilian surfer to 
back to New York to but New at York that point. City. But he lived mm-hmm. in Brazil and he didn't move out until... No, he was 21 when he moved out here and he's six years older than me. So I met him when he was 29. So he had, he had been in California for a good while um, and knew that this was home Oh, for you him. met him here in san diego yeah okay. and encinitas actually at the saloon oh, <laughs> of yeah. all places stomping grounds <laughs> yeah my family had been living up in solana beach so i was like jenny actually who i had met working at a wedding and portrait studio in point loma which is where i met christy mm-hmm. um was like we're going out and i was like okay well we're going out up in north county where my where I had been living with my family and we ended up meeting that night. Isn't it crazy That's how fun. it's like you just think that one moment if you decided not to go that one spot at that one time you wouldn't have met it's your your life, life would be totally different. Yeah, life's crazy that way. Yeah, it's all it takes. But so yeah, so I had to kind of figure out being in San Diego what kind of path that would take me on as far as like my career. Yeah. Because I was so certain that I wanted to go on that high speed fast track fashion photography. Yeah. Um, lifestyle. Um, so I kind of took a little, I just kind of slowed down for a little bit. I got that job at the wedding and portraiture studio, learned to shoot weddings. I figured while all of my friends were getting married, I may as well be there to document and be that person for them. <laughs> totally yeah. cool. So started shooting weddings and Jenny and I kind of, um, picked up our own, stu- started our own studio from there. Um, just to like pay the bills and make it work in San Diego. Um, Mm -hmm. So we started that and that was a great way to just kind of get established and at least like have an income while being in San Diego. Well, you and Jenny Seagort... Yeah. Um, have you still have your studio together? Um, we've actually closed it. You so closed last it? year was we just shot our last wedding. I think a month ago. <laughs> oh really? Okay. So yeah. I said posts from you guys. So I didn't know. I didn't know if that meant you guys had were done. And just saying thank you to everybody. But it was. That's called, kind it was of called Found Creative Studio. Found Creative Studio. Yeah, we kind of decided that both of us were going in different. Like both of our we the end goal for both of us was not to be shooting weddings. And I think, you know, there was like a five or six year lifespan on that for us as far as like, you know, just getting a little burnt out on it. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) during that time, I was, I never stopped shooting fashion and portraiture. You know, I always was either testing or um, working with other clients on my own and side projects. And um, during that time, we both had started shooting editorially for San Diego Magazine and Modern Luxury and, um, we're just meeting people in that way. Do you think that gave well, a really good outlet to have those? Oh, man. Yeah. 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 I mean, you just just meeting people and just getting out and just like having that exposure is is huge because that's a it's a ripple effect. You know, once you meet that one person, like you said, life works in crazy ways like that. It just takes meeting that one person and then um, them telling somebody else about you. And that's kind of how it worked. It was all kind of referral from there. It seems like looking at your website, you've gone beyond that with some brand brands or more fashion photography like what have you been working on yeah I love shooting campaign work for for brands so I've kind of fallen into this track I've done you know hair care brands I've done shoe brands a lot of jewelry brands um, and just working with those clients to like really refine the look of what they want for their company Um, and coming up that's what I love is like the whole creative process from start to finish of producing like a big campaign shoot how much do you get to produce it how much when you're meeting with their art directors right are there their who's who are you talking with a lot of these brands are smaller so it's a lot of one-on-one with me and the client the client the business owner they need your yeah a little bit more vision and a lot of them going into it have a vision of what they want and then we just go in and refine it together and come up with concept so 
it's great being in San Diego for that reason, because I get to really hone that with them and, and be one-on-one, like actually with the client, sometimes not even with an art director. It's like directly with the person who is like creating the product. So you're kind of, you're going out there and shooting this just by yourself, maybe an assistant. Um, with the, with the budgets in San Diego, it's usually like I have one assistant, um, who's like helping me with, um, lighting, um, a lot of the times on these smaller shoots, it's me doing the digital teching. So like I bring a laptop and I'm tethered to the laptop so that the client can see it as we shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm up in LA, there tends to be bigger budgets in LA. So I'm able to bring on a digital tech, um, one or two lighting assistants, um, especially now being pregnant. I'm trying to just kind of limit myself to those shoots mm-hmm. where I can actually have some help unless we're doing just straight natural light and I can just... Um, um, where I don't really need an assistant. I don't need somebody helping with equipment and cards. I can just be on my own. So um, it's nice to have those bigger budgets where I can have some help for sure. So like going back a little bit, you um, these clients find you and then they're locally based. So you just like get together for coffee and just start chatting and talking about ideas and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Even over the phone. Um, just kind of getting an idea of what their brand looks like now and where they want to take it. And then, yeah, we either meet up or um, chat over the phone. And then from there, it's like, you know, if they're going to choose to do a studio shoot, we have to think about set design and, and you know, bringing in props and that sort of thing. Or we're shooting location where we, you know, think about what we need as far as like props for the location mm-hmm. and stuff. And then it's booking model, booking hair and makeup team, booking stylist, all of those things. So full production. Do you work with a certain uh, makeup artist or hair stylist or? Yeah, there's a few here in San Diego that I work with locally. And then up in LA, I have my little team of people too that I've worked with, you know, for several projects that I bring on. Cause yeah, it's, it makes sense. You know, you want to bring your people onto those sets. It's a lot of energy yeah. on the sets that you want to. And you also kind of know, know what the budget's going to be because yeah. you'll have a set probably rates. And- yeah. So, you know, kind of who they would, they would have could afford, you know, for a day rate and then you go from there. So sure. it's a, it's very involved. Um, but I enjoy that process. I enjoy doing that part of it. I mean, that's part of why I got in. That's why I love the fashion photography. Um, part of fashion photography is like the whole production, you know, start to finish, like creating something out of nothing, basically. How do you, um, often choose your models I mean I know you probably already have a concept so you're kind of thinking what kind of model you want but do you kind of go through it first and show the client a few choices that you it depends on the client it depends on if I know them and if I know their their taste level um typically um I'm reaching out to the agent and I've got a set of guidelines of what we're looking for like I have a client here locally um Zofia Day Jewelry who's Lizette um and she needs you know models with multiple ear piercings in one ear mm-hmm. like so sometimes okay. it can get so so specific <laughs> wow. that it's like finding a needle in a haystack or a shoe wow. client that only their sample size is a size six or six and a, six and a half and then you're mm-hmm. trying to find models with the, that fall within a certain rate, day rate, that have a size six, six and a half foot who are brunette or what, you know. It must so be hard to find a model with that small size foot considering so models tough. are usually tall. So tough. Yeah. That's I mean, that's changing too, Kind of though. unfair. Yeah. Are models the getting tall smaller? Thing? I mean, it's all about proportions, you know. So if a model has a certain set of proportions and they can appear taller than they are, then it works out, especially for print, you know. You can get away with, with that. 
not runways so mm-hmm. much, but yeah. So just basically a smaller framed person. Yeah, but just proportioned, right? You can make them appear taller than they are. When you um, are working with certain fashion clients, like say a clothing brand, how um, how careful do you have to be? Like, make sure you're showing the clothes in a certain way. Like, are do you when you're actually in the mode and you're shooting? I mean, you have to have your eyes on everything. Um, I always say that shoot like shooting for me is like such a meditation because I'm like so I'm more present shooting than I am in any other part of my life. Like I just am so awake. And that's why you come home at the end of the day and you're just like, it's like after a full day of sex, I would say, or something. It's like you're on this high for so long. You're running a marathon Mm. and then you're just like, you're completely depleted at the end of the day because you have to be on creatively. You have to be on socially. For me, I'm like Mm -hmm. such an introvert and like need that time to myself. So full day on set, I'm just like wiped. Yeah, you're putting out a lot. A lot of energy, a lot of energies and getting a lot of energies back. But anyways, it's, I love that high Mm -hmm. so much. But anyways, yeah, the clothing, I mean, that's a part of it. Hopefully there's a budget for a stylist. So you hope that you have, you know, multiple eyes on it as you're shooting it, but you have to be aware of every little detail as you're shooting. And is it something that you learned because you know about clothes? And I mean, obviously not everyone would have such a keen eye to it, right? Yeah, it's kind of evolved. I've, you know, learned just by doing, but I grew up actually doing children's beauty pageants. So I've always loved clothes. And that's Mm -hmm. where like my love of fashion photography also evolved from is like, you know, taking all of these elaborate Swarovski crystal (laughs) custom (laughs) sportswear and having all the neighborhood kids come over and I would design like these sets and take everybody's portrait and make these fashion images (laughs) as a kid. So I always loved clothes and I always loved fashion. So um, for me, it just kind of came a little bit more natural, I think, just because I was always into it. But I always use um, Teresa as my stylist. I yeah. Shoot anything <laughs> to help her have. She has taste and keep her eyes on things. Yeah. While I was testing, while I was in school, I was doing hair and makeup and styling. Oh. <laughs> I would do everything, yeah. you know, and do these tests with models and just have them show up with a hump, like a bunch of clothes. And I would go thrift store shopping and style it out myself. So you like all the details of planning? Oh yeah, I love all of that. Testing, it like is kind of fascinating to me because I haven't done a lot of it, you know, because you really have to dedicate a lot to it, don't you? It's a lot of time. Yeah. And it's sometimes with a model that's never shot before. So it's a lot of like training and coaching. Okay. So you, you get someone that obviously wants to work for free, right? Yeah. Typically it's with an agent through an agency that has a newer girl. So she's typically younger, Mm -hmm. like maybe her mom is with her (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. um, you just, you just have to really like coach them through it. So I do very little testing. Now, if I'm going to be doing testing, it's with a, a more established model that maybe needs newer updated work for their book where she's in town from somewhere, um, and they reach out and they want to do a test with her just to like, you know, have me shoot her and try it out. But um, so, yeah, I don't really miss shooting like the younger. I mean, it was fun to coach. And there was actually a few girls who I was able to coach and who ended up, you know, doing really well in their careers as models. So it's kind of fun to see the evolution of them, too. That's uh, very cool. Yeah. So when you started in New York, um, was coaching models something that was like, difficult or so there I kind of stopped testing for a little bit actually I was really focused on assisting and being on set with other photographers and learning lighting learning digital teching Um, I learned 
most of what I know about retouching um, out there as well, too. Um, so it was mostly for me, it was like a learning experience out there in New York. And then my friend Gabriel that I moved out to New York with, who I mentioned, started a magazine while I was out there. So I was able to do some artist portraits with like DFA records and um, shooting Fun. some model, some editorials through his magazine, which kind of gave me some exposure and kept me shooting while nice. I was out there where I probably otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, just being on set, like I said, was super important yeah. for me to see, like just lighting and Taking learning notes. all of that. Oh, yeah. Did you ask a lot of questions or just like observe and try stuff later? And- um, less questions because when you're on set, you're just like having to do, yeah. really. <laughs> like as a second assistant or first assistant, you're just like you're in it. So um, you're learning as you go. How do you... Um- prep for a situation that a location that you haven't seen like it's up in LA I mean do you ever just show up sight unseen or do you actually make a trip up there or no I'm so bad I kind of like the magic of not knowing Mm -hmm. I kind of like showing up I think that's part of you know my love of photography is like you always have a plan of what you're gonna do and then it turns out completely different yeah yeah I always love hearing that 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 I'm not the only one Mm -hmm. yeah no I don't like to, I mean, I like some, I like to plan a little bit. Like I like to like choose a model. I like to, you know, those things that you can't really change, but a location is always going to be different based on the day. I mean, unless you're like in studio, but still even in studio, like you have a plan for the lighting and then you're like, nope, it's not going to work. Let's change it up. You know? (laughs) So what's the difference? I mean, I look at your fashion photography and I look at fashion photography and I'm like, that's fashion photography. What is the difference with the lighting compared to other kind of lighting? Do you feel like there's a different concept or look or um, approach to fashion lighting? I mean, for me, traditional fashion lighting would be like in studio, um, studio lit. Like if you think of just classic fashion photography on a gray or white psych or seamless, um, just like very like um, like dimensional round lighting like kind of cinematic so you're using you're definitely using more than one light you're using view flats you're using flags just so that there's more depth and dimension and you're usually shooting with like a longer lens from farther back Mm -hmm. to create like length you know Mm -hmm. um so I just think that's kind of like when I think of fashion photography that's kind of what I think of Mm -hmm. um but then for me I love shooting like on location when things are like when unexpected things happen and I'm shooting with maybe like a 24 to 70 and I'm shooting wider than I should be and Mm -hmm. getting weird angles shot up from below where it just like it's kind of a little bit more unexpected. So um, there's like traditional fashion photography that I think of and then there's like, you know, it's it's evolved for sure. I think it's like you can have fun with it. Fashion's always like there's no rules when it comes to fashion photography. Do you use a lot of lights on location outside? Mm. You try typically, to use- typically no. Um, you were talking about that story, the jean fashion story that I shot um, for San Diego Magazine, the fashion story. If I'm shooting outside, it's typically like maybe one or two lights. Um, but um, I would say mostly not when shooting on location or outside. I'm usually just utilizing natural light. Really? Not yeah. even like a reflector? Maybe a sun bounce. Yeah, but I like to play with lighting and try to create that depth that you can get in the studio by using, you know, a, a wall or just, you know, the angle of the face and and using that natural light. I think it's like the greatest challenge. 
do you do a lot of, is there a lot of post-production in fashion? Oh yeah. So that's a lot of the magic too. I think so. I think that's like half of its lighting, half of its post for me. Yeah. For example, can you talk about that any, yeah, any deeper? Um, so you can change a lot of what happens with the lighting, like in post even too. Um, and you can change where, where the person's going to look or start to look at an image just based on Mm. like your post-production too. So you can draw them to a certain part of an image based on contrast and lightness Mm. and yeah, all of those things. Mm -hmm. So cool. It's wild what you can do. It's endless. It's nice to have those post skills. Yeah. I think it's kind of crucial this day and age too. I mean, it's sad to see that like now things are just so mass produced that like a lot of the times I don't go in and fine tune like I used to. It's pretty quick. Um, like I'm running images through Lightroom and then maybe I'm doing like maybe 20 to 30 minutes in Photoshop. Whereas back in the day it was like mostly Photoshop and spending, you know, hours on an image. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on what, if I'm doing a bigger campaign shoot and they're choosing 10, you know, final images, I will take that time on those images. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of depends. Well, you show them kind of like the, the, the negatives or like... Oh, yeah. They, they see them raw. Yeah, then, they see them like just processed through Lightroom. Um, and that's how they make their selects. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of trust. Or I let them know like, hey, I'm probably going to try to do this. And they can always have control after the fact if they don't like anything to have it changed or So you do whatnot. that the day of the shoot, right? The, pro- the, the proofs? Yeah, like with what, while you're on the digital... They, they're computer. looking through them, but typically days go so fast on set that they're not able to like sit down and make selects. That's just like too overwhelming to people mm. I, I tend to find. So I'll go through and take out the really nasty ones, the <laughs> ugly ones, and, yeah. then send, and then process them out and send them proofs like usually like that week or the week after or something like that. And then like they that. get back to you. Yeah. Then they have time to process the shoot too. I feel like everybody needs time to process, process what, what happens that day and mm-hmm. like see them in a different light mm-hmm. um, as opposed to seeing it in the excitement of the day. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Are you usually shoot, shooting vertical? No. I mean, now with web, um, a lot of what people like for websites is like just these big wide horizontal images too so I'm usually flipping between the two mediums yeah I think last year you went to Paris France right (laughs) yeah so we did a little France trip my sister had been living in Fontainebleau um her her husband was uh doing a master's program out there so I had been trying to find a way to incorporate a job with getting out there to see them Um, last year was a really busy year for me. So I was like, man, I don't think I can make it work unless I can like make a job, like put a job in that trip (laughs) somewhere. So I had been working with a friend of mine, Tara Nichols, who's a stylist up in LA. And around that time we had been talking about trying to make something happen out in France because she was on board to go out there too and work on some work on a project. So I had actually met somebody from shooting for Modern Luxury, and it was a lady that owns, she's a hotelier with her husband, and they own the chateau out in the Loire Valley, which is, I think, like an hour and a half train ride from Paris. Wow. Um, So, and I just on the spot, point blank, asked her if I could go out and and photograph out at her chateau, and she was like totally open and willing to letting us go out there and stay at the chateau. And oh my gosh, um, it happened to be over Thanksgiving, so we had like this big Thanksgiving dinner at Uh. the chateau with my little niece who was like a year and a half at the time. Oh, and uh, 
basically what had happened is Tara and I, she had a client, a jewelry client who needed a big campaign shoot done. So we ended up, you know, pitching to several brands, but this was the one brand that kind of picked us up and said, yeah, like, hell yeah, let's do it. So she was, she gave us full creative control and we flew in a model from Sweden and well, actually she had been living in New York, but we flew a model in for the shoot and had hair and makeup come in from Paris oh for this gosh. shoot at the chateau. Getting and it, chills. Yeah. <laughs> oh it's like murals by Pilmont in the in the chateau and just like just magic. It wow. was like a dream. Oh, you make shoot. your dreams come true, huh? We just kind of made that one happen. Yeah, I think everything lined up in, in the right way. And um, while we were in Fontainebleau where my sister had been living, there was this little cafe that we were at and we had talked about Tara had brought some extra clothes that we could maybe do some sort of shoot either in Paris or Fountain Blue while we were what out there. What was Tara's um, role again? She's a stylist. She's a stylist. Fashion stylist, okay. yeah. Um, so I actually like picked up this girl that had been sitting at the cafe with her <laughs> brother and she was like beautiful. I was like, that's our girl. We're going to shoot her. <laughs> And so just went up to her table and met her and got her number and Did said, you speak English or French? I spoke a little bit of French at the start, but she, I realized quickly that she knew English. So I wasn't going to try to like, <laughs> once I've learned Portuguese, all of my French went out the door. I learned, I studied French in high school, but it's all gone. So uh-huh. I was like really <laughs> shitty French. It's all <laughs> blending together. Yeah. Once you stop using it, you lose it. Um, so we shot her the next day around the streets of Fontainebleau. So that was that shot that you were looking at by the carousel there, which is just an old carousel that's in the middle of this town. And she fit the clothes? Yeah. I mean, she was, I mean, we knew we needed a girl that was like tall and skinny. She was tall and skinny. Was she, yeah. she wasn't actually French girl. a model at all? She wasn't a model and she was very French about it. She's like, well, I guess if you want, you know, <laughs> like that, just that perfect French character. She was smoking a cigarette at the cafe. Uh, it was just amazing. like hilarious. <laughs> yeah. She had the attitude. She had the attitude. Yeah. Oh, so that was wow, a fun little cool. magic moment too, and to be able to do that. did you guys pay her or just give her the we photos? We gave her the photos. Yeah. It was, you know, we took two hours every time. We took very little over time, and it was just like fun playtime for a little bit. That sounds yeah. really fun. Yeah. Have and you been in touch with her? Um, like we're friends on social media, so I see what she's up to, and I'm sure she sees what I'm up to. But she's not. That's she about she it. hasn't started modeling since. No. Yeah. She's like she was. She's so smart. I guess she's going to school to be a lawyer. I can't remember what it was, but she's smart cookie. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of those um, shots are on your your website on the now, website. Right? Yeah. What uh, else did we want to ask? Have, okay, the... so you are married to a Brazilian. Mm-hmm. But you guys live here in San Diego. Have you ever gone down to Brazil and done any photo shoots, like fashion shoots? Yes, we went this year. We went earlier this year, and it has yet to be put up on my website because it's been a crazy <laughs> year, and I've been I've dropped the ball on the website updating. But um, yeah, we went down and did a fashion again with Tara. Um, she came down, and we brought a team. We brought hair and makeup. My friend Crystal down um, from LA and Chiago came with us, and he actually ended up producing the entire shoot because of the language barrier and just because he knew he had friends of friends that lived, we decided we wanted to shoot in Rio de Janeiro. So Mm -hmm. we produced this entire shoot in Rio de Janeiro for a magazine who I'm not going to name. Okay. (laughs) Um, Because we ended up getting down there and shooting this beautiful editorial for them. And it was amazing. We got this, we flew in a model from Sao Paulo um, Camila, who is just incredible. And she's since like her career has just taken off. She's incredible. Um, I'll make sure you guys get the images, but 
um, shot this beautiful summer editorial down there and was like, we were so excited about it. And the trip was amazing, but it was stressful because Rio, as you know, isn't the safest yeah. place right, place right yeah. now. So we had to have security and we had a full production really? van. And yeah, we had like armed security on us Whoa. because my camera is worth the value of a car and down there. And this is all on your own dime right now. All We all paid out of pocket. Yeah. So, um, a lot to ask of the team, but we ended up, we obviously paid for the security. We paid for a security van. We paid for our trip down there. We paid for the model, all of those things. Um, they were super stoked with the images and then we got back and right before the deadline of the magazine, they pulled the entire story. Oh, why? <laughs> why? The, the editor in chief decided it didn't fit with that issue. Oh, that stinks. So we were going to have part of our costs refunded, obviously, if they ran the story and they were planning to and the whole team was excited and then just one person yanked it, yanked the rug uh, out from underneath us. So we ended up getting it published with another magazine and it was fine, but okay. none of our costs were recouped. But <laughs> we all got a beautiful story out of it for our books and I'm super proud of it. And it was a dream of mine to shoot in Brazil. Mm. So we were able to make that happen. Can you say the name of the magazine it got published in? Um, that was Lucy's which I think she's out of Colorado. Okay. Um, she does, it's limited print. So we got a print copy of it still. So I still got to flip the pages and see it in isn't, print. Like your stuff mm-hmm. in print is still the most exciting thing, isn't oh, it? Oh man, I have all of the issues archived. I love, I love touching magazines still. Yeah, it's sad because they are going to be obsolete soon. Mm. You, think, you think so? Yeah. I think so. I think that's too, yeah. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, I think Vogue will stay in print in some of the bigger ones, but... Um, it's tough. There'll be like more fine art. It'll be more like collector's items, you know, like you won't ever throw away a magazine if right. you, yeah, if, if you're you buying it. it. Yeah. Because they'll be charging so $20 things. per issue. Yeah. There's so many things that are coming back though. And like Rolling Stone just got bigger mm-hmm. again. Um, what and then every, like, uh, they, they, they were printing bigger? really thin and small for many years and they got just it. now are Blowing up again. Nice, beautiful magazine. I hope so. I hope that I hope it continues because I do love touching pages. So, but like other things that are coming back with people that are millennials or younger than Mm -hmm. you, um, like you know, into into, um, record collectors and tapes are back in, which is (laughs) which is weird. How how long that one will last? I mean, tapes are way less sexy than records, aren't they? Yeah. The record thing might (laughs) stick for a while, but I doubt it's cassettes. Well, that's so funny. Yeah. Tell you one thing I haven't gotten. I still read books from a book. Oh yeah, I can't. Yeah. My friend Gabriel is trying to convince me to get a Kindle, and I'm like another screen. Even though it's like doled down and mm-hmm. it's easier to look at, it's like we look at screens yeah, all computers. day long in our line of work, and I totally. can't look at another screen no. at the end of the day. So me it too. It seems way less fun to read a screen. Like the book, oh. just like the feel of the pages, yeah. the smell of the paper and the ink, like all of nothing it. like yeah. it. Go get back to the basics. Yeah. If you ask so, me. I think some magazines will hopefully, yes. Yeah, I think around. so. Yeah. There's still a whole bunch in the airport. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So, how many, um, you've shot in Brazil, France. How many other countries have you shot in? Um, I did a campaign, an, a men's underwear line campaign <laughs> while I had been living in New York. Um, I had a friend who brought me out to London to shoot a men's underwear campaign. Oh, so fun. I've shot that's in neat. London too. Um, I've shot things in Mexico, just down in Baja. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it as far as like other countries. Okay. Those two la- last year and then this year in Brazil were my two big international. Nice. Big ones. Cool. And how about publications? Do you, do you keep track of that? Do you know? 
Yeah, the publications I would say are, like I said, Modern Luxury and San Diego Magazine. Um, My friend was working with the Hearst groups for a while, so I did a couple of advertorials for Cosmopolitan. Um, So things like that. I think that's about it for for publications and Lucy's I mentioned. Um, And then online magazines. My friend's magazine in New York and other other online magazines. What's... um advertorial is so the magazine actually hires you because they're one of their paying clients needs photos for their ad so it's a paying client that's paying for an advertising spot within a magazine and they actually used just stock imagery of a test shoot that i had done with the model so for that i just need permission from the model which i have models signed model releases to release the rights for that we share rights but and what about their product so it's, it's just, a, it, so it's a beauty yeah. image. So okay. this one, this particular image, for example, was like a beautiful image shot out in Red Rocks out near Las Vegas. And they're mm-hmm. selling a product for, you know, natural beauty or whatever it mm-hmm. was. I can't remember exactly. It was a, it was a beauty care product. Was it the photo with like the striped rocks? Was that, that you, yeah. You? So she had flowers in her hair. I had pulled just like, oh, you know, I brought wild one. flowers and put a bunch of flowers in her hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was another situation where you had, a, you had to use the weird half sun, half shade. Exactly. Which you seem to like to use. Yeah. I like to, I like to make things a little bit messier with the lighting. I just think it adds more depth and more interest. dimension, interest. Yeah. So basically I'm saying that she breaks the rules, <laughs> but it works. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That's what you can do, right? That's Once you know the rules. Yeah. That's the hardest thing them. to explain to people when they're trying to learn photography and they say they want to, how do you shoot like you? And they think they can learn it in like one day's lesson or something. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got their own little weird tricks, you know? And it's about, you know, trying, for me, it's like the easiest way to shoot in natural light is obviously like backlit, you know, just like keeping it like soft lighting. But I like to mess with that for sure. And, and not, and trying not to do that as Don't much as I can, sh- even shooting in direct light, if I can, if the sun's lower. Or... Because models can keep their eyes open. It, yeah. <laughs> they're going to have to. <laughs> yeah. I feel like... It sucks for them, but yeah, it's a tough job. Um, Cause I find that if you shoot backlight, which we love to do, obviously, yeah. you know, especially a lot of like family shoots or whatever, mm-hmm. how do you make it look not like a family shoot? You know, how does it get to that next level of light? Because I mean, a lot of it too is post production, hair and makeup and styling mm-hmm. and model, so having a model, having a model, it changes everything, you know, just the, the production value from there just like, is like exponentially increased if you've got a good model. So if someone wanted to start shooting more fashion Mm -hmm. and they haven't worked a lot with models, then where do you start like finding people that will work with you? But I started back in the day of model mayhem. So I would, I would literally spend hours scouting on model mayhem because you have to take that time on model mayhem because there's There's a lot of trash in there. Yeah. (laughs) So you, I would just go, I would scout on there. I would scout girls in the street in Santa Barbara. I would scout people like in high school, I was scouting my friends and shooting. Actually, my sister was one of my biggest muses and she was actually a model. So that worked out. Mm. So during high school, I was shooting her and um, I always kind of like had a muse that I would use and like continuously use throughout the years Mm -hmm. so if you can find somebody even on the streets that you admire their beauty or it doesn't even have to be a model it can just be somebody interesting looking that you admire otherwise um, I would say just get in touch with your local modeling agencies 
and reach out and start testing. Just say that you're willing to test people and not get paid for it, and they'll they'll send you people. Okay. Um, to start shooting, if you can start showing some work for it, some mm-hmm. good work for their books. Yeah. So I I actually shot a band. Um, they brought their friend along named Alana, and she works with a thing called Frank. Yeah. It's funny because I asked if she knew you, and she's like, "Of course, like everybody knows Becca." <laughs> so that was her attitude. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, Frank is awesome. Frank is a good one too. Yeah, was, they're definitely open and willing to let their girls test with people. So yeah, I was talking to them about that. She was basically like, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "Oh, I'll get back to you on that one." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really have an idea in mind yet. I just and wanted to know. Sometimes the idea is just like, "Hey, bring a bag of your clothes, and we'll <clears> shoot <throat> at this location." And then it's just you just make magic at that one location. So, especially for the test shoots, you don't need as much of a concept. You know, it's just kind of like letting the magic happen as when you get there and having, you know, making them take two hours of their time. Um, and usually with those younger girls, they don't need much makeup because their skin is beautiful. So I know. So you have, I mean, they're having to do their own makeup. Then yeah. You're doing it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Unless you have, unless you know a friend who's a makeup artist that, that wants have photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then you can work out trade with them too eventually. So, and that's kind of how maybe you can start to build your team as well from there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like we're trying to get all the info from you for ourselves? <laughs> not at all. Yeah, not at all. I love sharing. <laughs> Again, I love mentoring people. Like if mm-hmm. I'm always there to like answer questions if people have questions or want to know more. I know. I always feel like, well, obviously we do this podcast to support other photographers too. Mm-hmm. But like there's always, there's always enough jobs for everyone. Always. Think, yeah, you know. always enough. Plenty of clients. And San Diego is growing, I've found too, even in like the fashion world, it's definitely a lot more lifestyle based, which is, you know, I can do and I will do and have done, but, um, I just feel like it's growing and the, and the world of fashion is, is getting smaller. So I feel like it's just, I feel like the access for fashion photographers, you can work kind of from anywhere these days too. As long as you have a brand or Mm -hmm. yeah, as long as you can find those clients, within your, I mean, San Diego is getting bigger and bigger. It's becoming more international. So I feel like it's evolving and changing. Yeah. That's I agree. Exciting. It's exciting to see. Yeah. yeah. So what are these, what are some of your future um, goals as far as career wise? Yeah. So with this baby on the way, I would love to this year, um, try, I'm seeking representation. Nice. So, so an agency, I an would agent. like to be agency represented so that I don't have to pimp myself. Out. Yeah, <laughs> that would take away an aspect of your job, right? Yeah. How do you, how do you go about that? Kind of just pray to the universe or do you actually um, send I'm out a portfolio? St- I'm going to start reaching out. Yeah, I've got to get my book like really streamlined. I need a, I think I still need a printed like promo or I book. I was just yeah. going to ask that. Is they that, still do a whole they like still a do big that. printed, printed book, book that you mail out. Yeah, or at least like a beautiful promo piece to send out. Um, nice. And I have friends who are agents, so it's just about continuing to keep my name out there and continue to reach out um, and see. I'm I've got to just you know make those phone calls essentially at this point nice. and just let them know that I'm actually seeking representation. I think that's most of what how our industry works is just putting it out into the yeah. universe and putting the work out there. Yeah, I'm sure plenty of people will want to represent you, right? Once they know you, that's what you're looking for. Thanks. Yeah, I hope. It is more difficult being in San Diego, but we're so close to LA and I'm so willing to like yeah. travel for those jobs. Like so. I can be in LA and Two hours. Yeah. And then also this year, my goal is to get a little bit more like more celebrity work because um, 
too, with working in LA, they want to see that you've worked with people mm-hmm. that are in the industry and celebrities. So, but what does celebrity work entail besides having a celebrity? I mean, is it for a brand? No, typically it's more, I would love to shoot like editorial for, you know, just portraits of people. So taking what I do with modern luxury in San Diego magazine and just putting a celebrity face on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just, it just makes you look more well-rounded and like, like you're really in the game when you have current celebrities in your book. So um, agents would help with that probably, right? With their connections? Yeah, and- I would say they would help for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of just, you're when you're to that level and people know your name, then, you know, those editorial clients kind of come to you. So I feel like that's kind of my next step is like getting What kind of that. magazine, what kind of outlet publishes... Like I was talking about um, Porter magazine will still do like portraits Mm -hmm. of people and like Esquire and GQ and those, those bigger publications. Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's just like smaller, you know, Nylon magazine even still does like, I feel like most magazines Mm want to promote celebrity now more, even more than fashion models. So what kind of, um, what role does Instagram play in your career? I mean, it's it's self-promotion. So I try and keep mine as professional as I can with just photos. I'm really bad at it. Um, so, and even being on set too, like just getting footage, it's sometimes having my assistant take behind the scenes footage because yeah. you don't have time when you're on set no. to like think about even filming what's film what's going on so I'm I'm terrible at it but it's whatever I'm working on I'll usually post a couple of images from that on social media I mean have you gotten work out of it or no I don't think so not directly I feel like maybe indirectly people see my stuff and they see that I'm still working I feel like it's good to show that you're like still working and putting stuff out into the again like stay in front of people staying in front of people putting stuff out putting your work out into the universe I think there's something powerful to that and there's a control factor which I like being able to control the image and putting out only what you want to so I think it's important to do but I could be better at it. Yeah, it's hard to do every day. <laughs> yeah, no, can't. Some people do it, though. I don't... Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're very diligent. Maybe while you're um, up at night nursing, you can go on Instagram and post <laughs> your backlog. Totally. Of your, yeah. It looks like you're still working. Yeah. Like yep. great- Pull from the archives. I still do that too. And it's fun to go back every now and then, like when I'm doing my website updating and stuff to like pull from the archives go back and revisit works, old work. Sometimes I'm revisiting old work and reworking it, you know, in Photoshop or redoing it. And right. Your it's edit, totally editing different. style might be a little different today yeah. than 11 years Which ago. Which today it's like all about just very little editing, to be honest. Like as far as making it look unedited. So you're still taking out those distracting elements. But as far as like skin and, and beauty retouching goes, it's Get on it the raw. much lighter raw end now. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it is nice. It's a cool look. Yeah, it's kind of the way it should be, I think. Yeah. So it looks like it's natural, even though it's actually not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not like it's not. It used to look more like it was makeup, kind of. (laughs) Now you leave wrinkles. Now you leave, you know, imperfections because it's beautiful. Mm. Like, of course. It's like we're human. And I think that's even in like, I think it was this year that CVS came out as saying that you they're going to have to have a label on beauty brands are going to have to have a label saying that their images are have been edited and manipulated <laughs> if they are, if they have been, which I think yeah. is so cool. Yeah. Mm, Haven't they is. all been? <laughs> you know? Mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else? 
What else do you, I don't, I don't know. Tell, think of any other cool job about. experiences you've had or behind the scenes or things went kind of crazy and you had to solve a problem or, you know. Oh, man, I've had cameras fail. So it's, it's good to always have a backup really? camera. Yeah, if you're just like shutter fails or like, you know. Is that what happened? You have yeah. a shutter go out on, mm-hmm. on a job? Yes. Yeah. So having a backup camera is always good. Um, I am super careful about backups. So everything is double backed up and then finals go to the cloud. Um, that's important because we've all lost files. Yeah, that is. And, and you have a good, you just are diligent about that. So yeah, I have, I have a dock um, next to my computer and I have two raw hard drives, typically like three terabyte drives right now. Mm -hmm. And everything's just like organized by month and day and like the job. Mm -hmm. And then each has a, there's a double backup of each of them. So, and I manually do backups because I'm a psychopath. Nice. I should do just the finals to the cloud. I've had this good. backup. I've been yeah. having this thing like just back up everything slowly kind of. Um, raw files, it just takes too long. It's going to be it too does. much. I need to reassess and plug in just one hard drive of like... Because really at finals. the end of the day, if you just have the finals and they're high res, like that's at least there's that. Very much. Yeah. yeah. If you lost everything, you'd be so happy with that. You wouldn't yeah. even care if you exactly. had your raw stuff. Yeah. And with all these fires and stuff, it makes me so nervous <laughs> to just have things on hard drives. Yeah. Which cloud service do you like? Um, so for proofing and everything, I use Zenfolio mm-hmm. um, for them to view the files, which has been great. Mm-hmm. And then um, for backups, I just use my Google Drive. Google's very Come handy. Um, and then also with my We WeTransfer, it saves them too. I don't know how long actually. I don't That's know if there's cool. like a full, but yeah, I have like the WeTransfer Plus. So I've whenever I send finals them. to a client, that that keeps them. Okay, cool. So it check that out. They too. can download all the pictures. Yeah, all their finals through the WeTransfer link, and then like the link stays live for however long. Um, I think it's like indefinitely though. I think I pay for that. I've got to check on that. Yeah, but it's nice not having to like re-upload in case because clients always forget to back up their stuff or they want to, you know to get files again. So I can just send that link again Instead and it just saves so much time. Digging it up. Yeah, digging up the hard drive. Hour. Oh, yeah. digging up old stuff is the bane of my existence. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not because I don't. I do put the date and the name and everything, mm-hmm. but it's just like which hard. It's like on hard drive seven, like on the shelf under desks. Like yeah. I go back, so what I do to look back on archives is I go back into my calendar and search their name in my calendar, like through my Apple calendar. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then I've got my hard drives by date so that I can oh, go back. Oh, the hard drives. Yeah. Mine's so messy. Yeah. <laughs> Dates work well. Like, I feel like I tend like I tend to go that it's route. Usually standard. it's kind of easy. Yeah. Smart. That way. Yep. Nice. It's- if my shit's so fucked up, I can't even like fix it. Just start over. <laughs> It'll take you like five years just to, to get, get it, it right. With just I mean reorganize. I do have folders that are 2018. You know, date kind of thing and clients. Like so what that going for? Yeah. Me. What's sad is my personal stuff isn't archived. So right. like my iPhone photos and yeah. I'm so bad at that. And that's what's really sad is I'm like really bad at I'm good at organizing my clients shit, but not yeah. my own shit. Don't get behind once the baby's born because that'll be the worst. I have I'm, never I'm, made my wedding album. Yeah. I have not made my wedding album either. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm 14 I just had a years. 10 year wedding anniversary. <laughs> yeah, I'm 14 years behind on my uh my kids photos albums yeah <laughs> yeah uh, so it sucks. if there's any indication to where that's going i'm i'm just not good with personal stuff 
You archiving. don't. We do so much stuff with it's photography. Your New Year's resolution. Maybe. Yeah, right. So you just you have to break. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we do so much stuff with photography. You barely get, you know, getting client stuff done and getting your own stuff done. You don't done. want you just put to on the back burner. go and spend the day doing your own doing more photos he's kind of yeah and even like traveling now like I used to love shooting while I was traveling and even dabbled in in um photojournalism and did a documentary trip to China like while I was in school and loved that like I wanted Mm -hmm. to be a National Geographic photographer like we all did as a kid you know (laughs) and now going on trips I'm like fuck that I'm not bringing my camera like I can't and and I do and then I never use it wait do you well well, because you have the iPhone do you have a mirrorless like a little tiny to get one I want the Sony because I feel like taking like real photos would be a lot easier if my if I had a little tiny system yeah that was easy to I have a Sony (laughs) actually that's what I and you probably use it I've never, never taken it anywhere besides really? using it for video yeah. and a job. But if I do on a trip, that's what I'm going to take. And yeah. I'm going to take one like, little lens. And I'm Perfect. Yeah. I need a system like that where it's smaller and not my work camera. It's not a giant 5D. I think it's hard to separate like when you're working and you have your cameras and you're working and that's your job. And then when you're hanging out, you don't like necessarily want to work. And Yeah. No. It's, I, now with the though, iPhone, that's about what you get as yeah. far as like family photos go for just trips. And with the damn portrait mode, it's all over, all over from us. I don't have that yet. I don't have, I don't have it either. either. <laughs> but all my friends but I've seen have it. it. I'm yeah, like, you're like, did they take that with a real camera? Like, no. I still don't think it's all over. It's different. It's just that one mode. It's like the 50 millimeter. Yeah, like, it's beautiful. I'm glad they all ha- can do that now. Yeah, That's it's great. fine. <laughs> <laughs> They'll still need us. I know. There's more to it than that. But yeah. I'm glad that's out there. I kind of actually am just jealous I don't have it on my phone. Yeah. Next what do update. you um what do you tell your your people that you're mentoring about about the um the industry now? Do you do you like um warn them about, you know, how things are changing or do you think they're just like acclimating cuz they're coming in and they already know what it is? Yeah, there's and- so much new out there, you know. It's definitely a new industry and I think it's more of a hustle now than it's ever been, but I also tell them that I think it's a I think it's better now to be that young new fresh eye now than anything else. Like it's it works to their advantage that they're young and hungry and eager to work. And mm-hmm. I'm telling them now to like just start working now, <laughs> start charging for your work now learn how to charge people because young girls are so afraid to start doing that because they feel like everybody's a photographer now, mm-hmm. like all of their friends are shooting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, well, you can set yourself apart by like actually being that person who's a professional and you're charging and you are a photographer. This yeah. is what you do for your career. So that's what I tell them is to just like keep hustling, like keep yourself in it, like, you yeah. know, shoot as much as you can, test as much as you can. Yeah, awesome. Um, is that you have to really want it now. Yeah. I think more than ever, like it's it's very competitive now. Is yeah. my shooting bands for no money before was that considered testing? Probably testing. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're not getting paid for it, you're testing because you're yeah. still honing your skills. You're still experimenting, yeah. so it's all good. So you still you shoot. still test? Yeah, it's rare. It's few and far between. But yeah, and sometimes I'm testing, but I'm still charging for it now, you know, like, and I'll make a test out of it. So if somebody, if a, if a young model reaches out to me, I, I will maybe charge them, but I will make it fucking cool for them. And mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll really like come up with a concept and like make it a test for myself too. So as far as lighting, doing something unusual. So you're, you're testing a new concept or a new All lighting. the time. That's what you're Yeah, all the for. time. So that yeah. when you 
the client comes out and wants it, you're like, I have an idea. Yeah. yeah. Then I've got it in my backlog. So it's mostly about lighting for testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just experimenting with lighting or, you know, using a weird, you know, using something in the foreground of the photo, like just weird using, you know, mm-hmm. other elements to just make it a little weirder, or stranger. Cool. Yeah. But it's usually around lighting. Um, can I ask what you use for lighting? Do you have your own system or do you rent it? Yeah, right now I just have Calumet monoblocks. So I have a set of three lights. And then um, a lot of the times I'm bringing Gabriel moved back to Orange County. So I've been using him as my assistant too nice. recently. And he has another set of lights too. So I have an arsenal of like up to six. Um, an arsenal, I like that. <laughs> yeah. And then like a ton of accessories for those. So what, beauty dishes mono- and octobanks. Monoblocks just means that they don't have their own, they have their own power source within the little strobe. Oh. So they just plug straight into like an, an into a power source. So they don't tr- yeah, plug yeah, into yeah, yeah, their yeah. own like big battery okay. pack or yeah. big power pack. I, okay. I call those Isn't that what you mono mean? heads. Mono heads. Yeah. <laughs> monoblocks. It just, they're a little Monolite. slower for what I would, yeah. would it like, you know? I would love to have like a set of pro photos and be able to shoot a lot because I shoot a lot fast. when I shoot and I shoot fast. So a lot of the times Having I have those black frames to, or uh, I just have black frames. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> so do you use the beauty dish a lot? I've been using more of my larger Octobank and larger sources actually. But yeah, um, I use a beauty dish. I also use a little bit bigger than a beauty dish. It's like a mini Octobank that I've been using too that mm-hmm. I think is a really pretty source as well too. Just a little bit broader, a little bit bigger source. A little Calumet box or something? Or? So it's, I think it's by Bowens or Bron- mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure, actually. It's an accessory for my the Calumet monoblocks, which Calumet is no longer, so it's Bowen's. I don't think, they still have the... that one shop in New York or no? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it was sad when Calumet closed. Yeah, I don't think so. I think B&H and Adorama maybe. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, though. The, I think the Calumet lights are Bowen's. Yeah, Bowen's, yeah, is who makes them. So it's just a little... They're just They're really inexpensive. You can buy a full kit. I think for fairly inexpensive. Um, so they've been great and they're kind of on their way out. So as much as I can rent with a client who has a budget, I will rent pro photos mm-hmm. so I can shoot faster. Nice. They're kind of on their way out. What do you mean? The lights? My lights, my personal oh, set. Are kind of on their <laughs> way out. Kind of, Got it. They're, they've they're been like... put through the ringer. They've been really used to the max and I'm constantly changing well, bulbs. And That's what you use. Yeah, and I use because I borrow her lights all the time. It's great, and it's <laughs> like I have a little rolly kit that I roll to all my shoots. So most of what I'm shooting on a on a weekly basis are these portraits, which take about an hour of my time. But I bring my whole little kit with three. I bring three lights, um, three light stand. I usually only bring two light stands because for these portraits, I'm maybe using one light. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. I try and keep it super minimum, especially because it's like it. I want to get them done within an hour. Are these for... These are for Modern Luxury and San Diego Magazine. So these are like my regular on the week to week. If it's not a big campaign or lookbook shoot, that's what I'm shooting. It's just going to somebody's storefront or an art gallery and photographing them. So I bring my little kit with me and it takes takes us an hour to do. I get to hang with the person and get some pretty portraits. It's really fun. I love that. Yeah, quick and... Yeah, in and out. Hot part of a day. Yeah, and they get so excited about having... I mean, people are always nervous going into it, but it's fun to like actually get a nice portrait of somebody when they're not expecting to have a nice portrait of themselves, you know? Yeah. 
Do you yeah, find it pretty great. easy to think of a portrait concept on the fly? Yeah, now especially because I just have a style that I've honed for all my editorial portraiture that I know what works and what doesn't pretty mm-hmm. much at this point. And depending on how open the subject is too and how much you can get out of them, how how into it they are, um, I can go further or not and just keep it traditional or, or not. You know, like I know what works based on walking in and meeting them for 10 minutes, what, what it's going to be. <laughs> what they'll cool. be up for. Yeah. Cool. How far I can push them. It's funny how, yeah, how much we have to be um, in tune with people yeah. when you're a photographer because you did kind of assess quickly mm. assess super quickly based on environment what the where the what the lighting's doing how to make something really ugly as far as environment beautiful mm-hmm. i think a lot of what i learned in shooting on the fly and shooting quick was from shooting weddings too you know being mm-hmm. in those circumstances where it's like the ugliest hotel room you've ever seen and making something beautiful out of it really teaches you a lot so that's another thing that I've been telling those young girls is like go out and shoot everything like shoot in every experience like take everything that you can do and you'll learn from it you know yeah every bad experience yeah I learned from shooting as a photojournalist how to shoot anywhere yeah but weddings taught me how to make it look pretty beautiful yeah <laughs> you mm-hmm. know do you have a um, go-to lenses that you like for your mm-hmm. uh, your magazine portraits or do you yeah. mix it up while you're I love the 80 prime that's like so beautiful the 50 80, 80 prime there's an 85 oh whatever, 85. whatever. i'm you, so Canon not a gadget or? Canon. Canon. Are you, yeah. yeah one eight one four one two i think it's the it's the one two it's, it's like the primo primo the same lens that you have right? yeah mine's a one eight we're ah, like i shoot so fast so i never dare to shoot that wide like without a tripod because i'm just too much of a spaz when i'm shooting i'm like moving around too much you don't shoot that yeah but do you um it's a lot of fashion, low depth like that, or what's whatever you want? Fashion? No, yeah. fashion is generally like F8, F11. Really? Always. Oh, yeah. And you're shooting from far back. Typically, because so you, you want everything, you want all of the textures and you want all of the clothing and everything to be super tack sharp. So typically it's like F8 or F11. With your 85? Is your 85 long- is my long, or I have the 70 to 200. So 200, you, if you can get back that far and you're in studio and you're doing like those classic, which I don't do much of in my work, you won't really see that. But mm-hmm. if you're looking at typical like fashion photography, when they do like, you know, the September um, issue and they're on, on a seamless, seamless or, or a psych, they're usually shooting from fr- pretty far back. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then, oh, sorry, I use my 24 to 70, like nobody's business, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like on my camera most. And then the 50 prime. Like those three, yeah, are my, that's, that's my familiar. arsenal. Yeah. I, I have all those. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're good to go then. I think, I think my 24 70 needs a little tune-up right now. Oh, it, like, won't, it won't focus yeah. like all the way zoomed out. I have to be like just a little bit. Just send oh, it to Canon and Irvine. It'll oh, help you I just need a whole new 24 to 70, I think. It's good to upgrade those. Like I've kind of taken my 70 to 200 out of rotation. Out of rotation. I need to sell that and get it tuned up and sell it and then get a new one, I think. Yeah. Because they say too with those zoom lenses, like they're just kind of finicky. They kind of yeah, mine, die quicker than the non-zoom. Mine's lived a long life. <laughs> <laughs> They've been working for I know, 11 it's years. It's so hard. It's kind of just like computers and stuff. Once you get a new one, it's, though, it's so much more expensive. You can barely sell it for so much money. I know. It's awful. It's we're not. Yeah, we're in an expensive line of work. What about staying current? Is there anything that you do that you 
feel like keeps you current in the industry or do you think just continually shooting and working continually and- shooting and experimenting and keeping up with what's going on as far as like fashion and art trends and like just staying in it like going to museums staying cre- staying um inspired mm-hmm. just what if whether it's like music or art or anything reading from like seeing other artists from the past and going back and revisiting art books and um, just staying inspired, I think keeps me current. And then also knowing what's coming on the horizon as far as like trends and that sort of thing helps too. And how do you keep track of that? I mean, that's a lot of like just um, staying up with like reading online magazines and like the people that I follow online blogs, um, Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, trying to stay like young and fresh with it. Like trying to like keep up Mm -hmm. with like the younger generation, which is going to be what's cool in the future. So I know what you feel asking my younger sister, (laughs) like it just, it's a whole wide variety of things, the trends and what's going to be like coming out for like art. Yeah. Reading like my favorite, like I love Porter magazine. I was telling you guys about Mm Net-A-Porter and even like revolve, not revolve, um, refinery 29 is another cool one. And Mm -hmm. then man Mm -hmm. repeller, like some of like the funner, like fashion (laughs) blog kind of things I like to follow too. So Okay, well, we always ask every guest at the end of our show about <laughs> the last picture because that's what our podcast is called. Yeah. But the last picture, and it never goes very smoothly, does it? But um, the last, can you talk about the last picture you can think of that comes to your mind that you've shot or that you've seen that's been inspiring that you would like to, that you could mention right now and talk about? The last one that I shot that I was super inspired by was probably like, those images that I shot in Brazil because there was that was that took me straight back to the magic because we were shooting in the streets so there's so many unknowns um you're in a foreign place it's dangerous like Mm -hmm. everything is heightened Mm -hmm. and I shot this one image of her samba dancing which is so quintess I just wanted Mm -hmm. it to be so true to the heart of Brazil Mm -hmm. and like just the culture because I'm so enamored with it Mm. She's samba dancing. There's the favelas behind her. What's we had we brought out a band. The favelas are basically like surrounding the entire city, and it's basically the poorest neighborhoods in oh, Brazil. I see. So a lot of them right now are like ran by like drug drug mm. lords, basically, and it's super dangerous. But yeah. they have so much. They they're all. It's called alegria, which is like happiness, and it's like the culture that's just surrounded by like celebration and music and family and food mm. and. So we hired a band awesome. to come out and play traditional samba music around her. And she's dancing and it's hot. It's like 90 cool. degrees with 90% humidity. <laughs> and she's samba dancing, sweating through this silk, like probably wow. $1,000 dress. I don't know. Tara oh, nice. had to get it dry cleaned. Yes. And um, that image and that moment for me was one. It's just one of those moments when you feel so alive. Yeah. But was it actually, so you had higher security, so you're, yeah. you're shooting this, you have a, how many people around you, like, with guns, right? No, just one guy with a gun. <laughs> okay, one guy with a gun. Just one. Like a big gun? And I didn't see the gun. He had oh, it tucked so it into his pants. Yeah, but like he was like a agent. trained, he was a trained security professional. Because I don't know. it is really likely, like, it would be very unsafe for you to have your camera It's gear. very unsafe, and it's very unsafe even just for, like, the traveler. Like, you don't go out with a wedding ring on for example. Like, it's just that dangerous right now. That's sad. Um, It's really unfortunate because the country, the reason why I married Chiago is so that I could get Brazilian citizenship. (laughs) Don't (laughs) tell him. So that we could move down to Brazil because I wanted to go live in Brazil. 
And then shortly after is when that economy kind of crashed and things just got pretty scary down there. So maybe one day still. One day maybe we'll retire down there on yeah. the beach or something. But it's not a it's not a nice place to live. Aren't right there now. any like smaller towns farther from the big cities that are actually nice and safe? Mm, not really. Not really. It's all pretty you kinda have to be on your toes. You're gonna get carjacked or, you know, robbed at gunpoint or Oh my God. It's, it's like, I was, I was even, I had a conversation with Chiago this week. I was like, it's, it's still like our country. Like we're like, you know, we might get shot at any time in our country now too. It's not the safest. And Mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, no, it's nothing compared to Brazil. And we ended up looking up the statistics and the murder rate down there is like really high. still, it's crazy high. Oh my goodness. Well, congratulations on your upcoming motherhood. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So wild. Yeah, she's yeah. um twenty. I'll be, yeah, she's halfway through pregnancy right now with her first child. So yeah, I'll be wearing and that baby, baby. Will be born when this episode comes out. No, <laughs> yes. I'm no, just kidding. It better not be. <laughs> <laughs> it better be faster than that. I was gonna say I'll be wearing kidding. him to a lot of my shoots. I think for the first start of it, he'll be like on set. Yeah. So Chiago and I schedules work out to where like if I've got a big shoot, he'll probably be on set with me with Chiago. So that'll be awesome. Yeah, I think yeah. he'll be wearing them. Yeah, believe me, it won't be as easy as you think. But it'd be good that you can. There's some put them on your back so you have your camera in the front. Oh it kind of balances oh, out. I man. have done a family shoot with, with a baby Wearing on my back, baby. Yeah. and it's not. No, it sucks. No, yeah. do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Definitely gonna need some chiropractic <laughs> after this year for sure. Thank well, you for coming by. It was yeah, so thanks nice for having to me. Meet oh, yeah. you and wait, wait, you need to tell us what your Instagram is and what oh, your yeah. website is. Sure, my Instagram is Becca Batista Photo. And then my website is BeccaBatista.com, B-A-T-I-S-T-A. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, check it out. Thanks so much. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Becca. Thank you.